Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Good. Do you see the liquid sunshine that's outside? My name's Mike, if you don't know who I am. I'd like to welcome you this morning. We are in the middle of a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is found in a couple of different spots. I've been referencing Matthew chapter 6. So if you want to go read Matthew chapter 6, it's part of the Beatitudes. It's a great whole chapter. The whole thing is great. Depending on your Bible, it's all red letters, so that means Jesus said it, so it can't be bad. And Jesus is answering a question the disciples asked him. The Bible records the disciples asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. And Jesus does. Alan kicked off the lesson series a couple weeks ago, and he did an overview of it. Last week, we looked at the first phrase, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we looked at what it means to hallow God's name. And I gave you guys a freebie, I'm going to give it to you again, that when I learned how to pray in school, we followed the acronym ACTS. Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. We praise God, we confess our sins, we thank Him for what He's given us, and we ask Him for what we need. And that's a good, simple way to pray. Today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. As Americans, we have this really difficult time understanding what a kingdom really is. We're all about freedom and fireworks, right? So what is the primary thing that a kingdom needs to be a kingdom? A king! Somebody said it, I heard it. you got to have a king to be a kingdom. Or a queen, I'll go with that. But you got to have a king to be a kingdom. Without a king, you don't have a kingdom. Where does the king get his or her power? From God? Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, true. God appoints people in authority. A king gets his power because he owns everything. Everything in the kingdom is his. And he just allows people to live there, right? There's this whole feudal system that they don't teach that in school anymore. I had to learn that in school. Did anybody else have to learn what the feudal system was in school? Yeah, I, I, I asked some of the, I asked some people, some, maybe they just haven't learned it yet. They don't teach feudal system anymore. I'm like, how are you going to be able to watch Braveheart and not understand what's going on? <laughs> don't, don't watch Braveheart, children. But a king owns everything in his kingdom. And can I tell you, right now, on earth, there are two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms. And you are part of one of them. Whether you've chosen to be a part of one of them or not. Some of you, that might come as a shock. You're like, we live in America. We're not part of a kingdom. But you are. You see, there's two kingdoms, and eternity is in the balance. You decide which kingdom you are going to be a part of. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see, apart from Christ, we live in a kingdom of darkness, and it's a choice. Some of you may think, I didn't choose to live in the kingdom of darkness. 
You did by not choosing to live in the kingdom of light. You have made a choice by not choosing. Each one of us has to choose what kingdom we're going to live in. Who is going to be our king? Is it going to be Christ or is it going to be maybe yourself or someone else? I want you to think about something for a minute. Everybody here remembers the soccer team in Thailand, right? Stuck in a cave. I want you to think about this. Were those boys and that coach living in darkness? How do you think they felt when they saw light for the first time in that cave? Do you think that they wanted to follow the light? Do you think that they wanted to stay in the dark? Or do you think they wanted to stay in the light? I I joked around, but I'm dead serious. I bet every single one of those boys and the coach had to have a light on when they slept at least the first night outside of that cave. I would. I wouldn't want to be in the dark anymore. What about if you're lost at sea? That's a, that's a fear of mine. I don't like swimming where I can't see what's around me. And if I'm lost at sea, I would be freaking out. And I know that's wrong. You're supposed to say calm. But what if the rescuers showed up and tossed you a lifeline? Would you just look at it or would you grab a hold of it? You wouldn't want to let go of that lifeline. That is your choice today. Do you want to live in darkness or do you want to live in light? Are you going to just look at that lifeline or are you going to grab a hold of it? Every one of us has to make that choice. So, if we're going to be a part of one of these kingdoms and we make the choice to live in the kingdom of light, that means... Jesus is our king. And if Jesus is our king, that means he owns us. And that's not a bad thing. Christ owning me and guiding my life is a far better choice than me doing it myself. I am Christ's slave. I'm either going to be a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. And I want to be a slave to righteousness. And when I say slave, automatically we get this tingling, this anger, this weird feeling in this country because slavery in this country was a bad thing. I'm not saying anything good about that. But in Jesus' time, slavery was a common practice. And in fact, if you owed a debt that you couldn't pay, you could sell yourself into slavery. And your master had to take care of you. And sometimes... The master taking care of you was better than when you were taking care of yourself. And as a slave, when your debt was paid and you were going to be free to go, you could choose to remain a slave to that person. You could have your ear pierced with a nail and you could be that person's slave for life because life as a slave for the master was better than life as a free person. Slavery to Christ. Being a slave to Christ is not a horrible thing. And can I let you know, you're going to be a slave to something. I chose to be a slave to Christ because I was a slave to my sin. My life was going down a path that was just going to lead to destruction. And I met some people who shared Christ with me. Christ that I had never heard before. I grew up going to church. I grew up going to a Lutheran school. 
I never heard this before. And I chose to be a slave to Christ. Later on in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We are not slaves to either God or money only. There are many other things besides money that can take our focus away from God. In fact, anything that takes our focus away from God can be your master. It could be money. It could be a house. It could be family. It could be a car. It could be a girl. It could be a guy. You can fill the blank in. And none of those things are bad in of themselves. None of them. It's when it becomes our idol that it becomes a bad thing. So I want to ask you guys a question. If I'm a member of the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, where is the kingdom? So if I live in the kingdom, where is the kingdom? Well, here's the easy answer. The kingdom of God is wherever God is king. The kingdom of heaven, I put Christ as king. Saint, you didn't change those. The kingdom of heaven is wherever Christ is king. It's right here. It's right where you're sitting. It's at your job. It's at your school. It's in your home as long as Christ is king. It's definitely in heaven. In Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, it says this. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. The kingdom of God is already among you. I don't know about you guys, but that is exciting. I don't have to wait for the kingdom to come to me. It's already here. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that gets excited about this. It's here, now. Matthew 11:12 says, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Does that sound fun? <laughs> That's a fight, right? One of my favorite movies is actually titled The Kingdom of Heaven. And I don't know how many of you have seen it. It's a really good movie. Um, and at one point in the movie, uh, there's a knight and his knights and they are going to go defend a castle from the entire Saracen army. One of the reasons I really like this movie is it doesn't portray the Saracens as the bad guys. It, that's a whole other topic. But this, this knight is trying to defend this castle against the Saracen army. And he loses. They lose. I mean, it was just like 50 knights versus an entire army. You're not going to win. They knew they weren't going to win. They were just trying to hold, it off, hold off the onslaught for a little bit. 
And after they lose, the commanders of the Saracen army are trying to decide what to do with these knights. And all of a sudden, Jerusalem arrives. Okay, so that just sent a tingle down my spine. I don't think you guys are getting it. See, back in the day, during the Crusades, Jerusalem was called the Kingdom of Heaven. And the kingdom showed up. The armies of Jerusalem. And they marched carrying this giant cross that was clad in like mirrors and stuff. It glittered. You could see it a long way off. And when they said Jerusalem has arrived, you see on the horizon, you see the heat waves coming up and everything's all ripply, but you see this cross and it's just flashing. And you kind of feel for the Saracens a little bit. You see the leader have kind of a pit in his stomach. He's like, okay, so this is going to be trouble if things go south. The kingdom of heaven showed up. They were saved. These knights were saved. The kingdom of heaven can show up in your life. It's here among you. It's here on earth. And as Christians, we're a part of it. We can rely on God's power because we're part of His kingdom. When Jesus prayed, Your kingdom come, it wasn't some pithy saying. It wasn't some sweet saying. He was calling in an invasion. Think about the manger. We sing these really peaceful, sweet songs. And I sing them to my girls at bedtime during Christmas. Away in the manger. Silent night. Oh, holy night. And those are great songs. There's nothing wrong with them. They're, they're beautiful. And in the mortal realm, it may have looked peaceful. Now, I don't think being born in a barn was anything peaceful, but it may have seemed peaceful. But can I tell you, in the spiritual realms, literally all hell was breaking loose. For the king showed up into our world. As Christians, we have the power to call on the kingdom. It's not... When you pray for somebody in another city, in this city, in another country, wherever you're praying for them, it's not just talking. It's doing something. It's working. You're calling in airstrikes. You're calling in the armies of heaven. You're doing war. Because there's two kingdoms here on earth, and they're fighting. You can look at the book of Daniel. Daniel saw the fiery furnace. He stood in the lion's den. This man, he was a man, okay? When he prayed, God sent an angel. But the angel couldn't show up right away. He was held off by the prince of Persia. He had to fight for like 21 days or something like that. And he he couldn't win. He had to go get Michael, the leader of the army. And Michael fought the dude so he could go talk to Daniel. And when he showed up to talk to Daniel, Daniel fainted at the sight of this angel. The man who saw the fiery furnace and stood in the lion's den fainted because of the awesomeness of this angel who just came from battle. There is a battle going on right now. It's not just something in the Bible. It's happening now. And there's two kingdoms at war. Our king is invading the dominion of darkness. And he needs us to work. So when we pray, and we pray for His kingdom to come and His will be done, are we meaning it? Or do we want our kingdom and our will done? 
We serve a King who knows far more and far better ways to live than we know. The thing is, is to, to be a part of the kingdom, we have to be citizens of the kingdom. Immigration is kind of a hot topic right now, right? Um, I was at a wedding last night. I was talking with some family members, and she asked me about this business that's close to my old house, and she's like, are they housing illegal immigrants down there? What? <laughs> what? But immigration's kind of this hot topic right now, right? Can I tell you, I'm a foreigner. I live in a foreign land because I'm a citizen of a different kingdom. Christ wants to rule this world. He wants to be king over everything. But as a realist, he doesn't. Because this world is ruled by Satan. We're outposts. We're pioneers. We're scouting parties of the kingdom of heaven. And we read that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, right? Are you advancing it? Or are you a part of the other kingdom? You see, to advance the kingdom, we have to be a part of the kingdom. As a citizen of the kingdom, I have the power that lives in Christ. But if you're not a citizen of the kingdom, you don't. So how will His kingdom come into your life? Well, His kingdom will come into my life when one... I choose to surrender to Him. I choose to surrender to Him. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Again, we have such a hard time with surrendering with this word slavery, being a slave to Christ. His will is better than our will. His kingdom and His righteousness are better than my kingdom and my so-called righteousness. So when Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's not for God's sake. It's not for our sake. Or for His sake. It's for our sake. And I keep telling you that it's better with Jesus, and I don't, I'm, I'm not giving you anything other than what I'm saying. So let's look at Matthew chapter 11. Jesus is speaking in verse 28, and he says, Come to me, all who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Accept my teachings and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your lives. The burden that I ask you to accept is easy. The load I give you to carry is light. We all have our own will. We all have an agenda. We all have what we think should be done. God has made us that way. But we're also all flawed. When I choose to surrender my life to Christ, His will becomes my will. 
What he wants done becomes what I want done. And his kingdom becomes my kingdom. Because I have surrendered my life to him. Second thing. God's kingdom will come into my life when my thoughts and actions honor him. It flows right out of what we were just talking about. His will. Matthew 6.10, again, the verse we started with. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Last week we looked at a verse. We looked at Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. When we were talking about the name of God. And it's in the Ten Commandments. And it says, You must not use the name of the Lord your God thoughtlessly. The Lord will punish anyone who misuses His name. As children of the King, we are His. Um, I tell my daughters they're princesses in the kingdom of heaven. And it's true. God looks at all... If you're a child of the King, you're a prince or a princess. As the part of the kingdom, we are all His. Everything we have is His. That's what makes Him a King. He owns everything. And everything we do, we do in the King's name. So what happens when we do something that goes against the will of the Father? You're doing it in His name. You're misusing the name of the Lord. You're doing something that goes against the kingdom. It goes against the king. And if you're a Christian, you're living your life under the will, under the king, under the will of the king, in the kingdom. My will should match that of the king. When it doesn't, I'm going against the king's wishes, but I'm still doing life in the name of the king. I want you guys to think about history for a minute. Can you see a problem if I do something in His name that He wouldn't want done? And can you think of anything in history like that? Because I can. I mean, the kingdom of heaven was the Crusades. And in it, they made it very obvious that the Crusaders said they were living under the name of the Father, under the name of the King. They weren't doing life and leading the kingdom the way He would have wanted it led. The Crusades are a great example of doing things in the name of the Father and not under the will of the Father. There's a point where they're talking about doing something that blatantly goes against what God wanted to have happen. And one of the, one of the, he wasn't the bishop, but he's one of the guys in the church. He stood up and says, God wills it! And then all the knights stood up and said, God wills it! God did not will that. I can think of things like racism. Racism done in the name of the Father. That's horrible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, not white people. I can think of child abuse. There's a whole list of things that were done in the name of the Father that the Father never wanted done. And there are things that I do in my life that God doesn't want done because I'm flawed. I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. You can ask my wife. You 
If you're here today and you are suffered because of something someone did supposedly in the name of the Father, I am sorry. And I want you to know that that was not God's will. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord isn't slow about keeping His promises as some people think He is. In fact, God is patient because He wants everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. God's will is not that you're hurt. God's will is that you're whole. He wants you to be in His kingdom. He wants you to be His child. And if you're here today and you're hurting because of something that somebody did because God said it was so, God wants you to be His. He doesn't want you to be pushed away. He wants you to be brought into the family. He doesn't want any of His children lost. His will and desire is to see that everyone enter His kingdom. No matter what you've done, Jesus has made a way for you to enter His kingdom. We're about to read a passage in Romans. And I'm going to be honest, I tried to break it up and make small sections, but the more I read, the more I just wanted to share it with you. So, it's going to be on the screen. Please listen closely to it. It's Romans chapter 8. If you have a Bible to follow along, I don't want you guys to miss anything in this. It says, There is no condemnation now for those who live in union with Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit which brings us life in union with Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do because the human nature was weak, God did. He condemned sin in human nature by sending His own Son who came with a nature like our sinful nature to do away with sin. God did this so that the righteous demands of the law might be fully satisfied in us who live according to the Spirit and not according to the human nature. Those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. Those who live as the Spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the Spirit wants. To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. And so people become enemies of God when they are controlled by their human nature. For they do not obey God's law, and in fact, they cannot obey it. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. But you do not live as your human nature tells you to. Instead, you live as the Spirit tells you to. In fact, God's Spirit lives in you. Whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ lives in you, the Spirit is life for you because you have been put right with God. Even though your bodies are going to die because of sin, if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from death lives in you, then He who raised Christ from death will also give life to your mortal bodies by the presence of His Spirit in you. So then, my friends, we have an obligation. But it's not to live as our human nature wants us to. For if you live according to your human nature, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death your sinful actions, you will live. Those who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. 
For the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the spirit makes you God's children. And by the spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my father. God's spirit joins himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. Since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. And we will also possess with Christ what God has kept for him. For if we share in Christ's sufferings, we will also share His glory. Did you see two kingdoms at war there? It didn't say the dominion in darkness and it didn't say the kingdom of heaven, but it's there. We live in one of these two kingdoms. Our human nature is ruled by the dominion of darkness, but it's God's will for you to be His child guided by His Spirit living in His kingdom. I want God's kingdom to come and I want His will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Can you think about that? Heaven on earth? He sent His Spirit which we receive in the waters of baptism when we surrender our lives to Him. And we can be guided by His Spirit. His kingdom can live in us and through us. If you haven't yet become a Christian, what are you waiting for? You're living in the dark. You can't see. Romans 8 says you can't even please God. Scripture tells us to confess, repent, and be baptized in the name of the Lord, the Lord, for our forgiveness. And if you don't know what that is, last week we talked about the names of God. We talked about hallowing His name. And there was a video that I played It's the Bible Project. It's the name of God. It's on the website. There's a link to it on last week. Otherwise, go to YouTube and search that. Talk about what it means for Lord. Another name for King. You can receive forgiveness in His Spirit. You can receive His Kingdom. And you can live with Him in that Kingdom forever with new glorified bodies. I'm going to be 36 here in a couple of months. I know that some of you that's really young and some of you that's really old. Can I tell you, at 36, I'm a lot slower than I was at 26. And I have a lot more arthritis. I'm getting to where I'm looking forward to that glorified body. You can have that. We can have that. There's a communication card in your bulletin. There's a space for prayer. There's a space to put your name on it. There's a space to make a decision. We don't have an altar call. We don't have you come up and say, this is my decision. You can make your decision where you're sitting. You can decide what kingdom you're going to be a part of, where you are right now. And can I ask, can I tell you? I'm not even going to ask you. I'm going to tell you, make the decision to live in the kingdom of light. It's the best decision you will ever make in your entire life because it's the only decision that you will make that will make sure that you live with the kingdom forever. If you decide to become a child of the king, talk to somebody. Don't just check the box saying, I want to be baptized and do nothing. There are people throughout this congregation who know God and know His Word and will be able to open it up with you and show you 
how. How the scriptures can make you wise for salvation. How God's kingdom can come in your life. And how His will can be done in your life. We're going to sing a song and give you time to fill that card out. And then we're going to sing another song and the, uh, the basket's going to be passed. And that's a time for you to put that card in the basket. And our prayer team will pray over it and they'll look at it and they'll talk to God for you about it. And they won't go talking to everybody else about what you put down on that card. They'll offer your prayer, they'll offer prayers up to God for you. They're also going to pass the baskets same time to collect the offering. If you're a guest here, please don't give. If you want to, we're not going to say no, but we didn't get you here to get something from you. We hope we gave you something today. We hope we showed you something. I hope you heard God's word about the kingdom this morning. As we close, I want to read you guys the first verse of one of my favorite worship songs. It's I love this song so much that a few years ago we did camp based on this song, high school week and junior high week combined. It's Build Your Kingdom Here by Ren Collective, and this is what the first verse says. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church and we need your power in us. The song goes on and it's all about God's kingdom coming and being built here using us. This week, I hope you're mindful that you're taking the kingdom with you as a Christian. And that it's already here. And if you're not a Christian, I pray that God's kingdom comes into your life and His will is done in your life. And He sets you ablaze, like that song says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am so, so grateful that Your kingdom has come into my life. I can't think of any other way to live anymore other than with Your kingdom in mind. I pray that Your kingdom can come here at Greater Alton and in Your church across the whole world. That Your will is done on this earth as it is in heaven. Not our will, not the will of men, but Yours with the help of Your Spirit. Be with everyone here this week. Give them the strength and the patience to work in this dark world. To shine a light into the darkness so that others can see and hopefully follow. Follow back to where you are, Father. Because you want everyone saved. You don't want anyone to be lost. Help those here who need to make a decision to enter your kingdom to make that decision, Father. Urge them, poke them, kick them if they have to, to get them into your kingdom. Because there's no other way to live that brings life. Thank you so much for your son and everything he's done making a way to you for us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.